welcome to Silk Digital Marketing Mastery, your go-to podcast for elevating your digital marketing success as a female business owner. I'm your host, Sam, founder of Silk Digital, with over six years of experience working with clients from startups to established brands. Each week, my guests and I will provide insider knowledge and expert guidance on social media, email marketing, digital advertising, and more. On this show, you can expect to learn how to create irresistible marketing messages that connect with your dream customers, establish an unbreakable brand identity that they can't help but trust, and develop a holistic approach to your marketing that supports your business goals. I know that as a female entrepreneur, you face unique challenges when it comes to building your brand and growing your business. That's why I'm here to provide you with the tools, strategies, and insights you need to take control of your marketing and achieve your goals. So whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, this podcast is for you. Get ready to learn, be inspired, and take your digital marketing game to the next level. Welcome to another episode of the Silk Digital Marketing Mastery Podcast. Today's episode, I have another amazing guest with me. Her name is Jess. Jess is a digital and social media marketer and the founder of Jess Solution Marketing, which is turning six this year. Her team are based across Sydney and Melbourne, and they specialize in paid ads across Facebook, Instagram, and Google, and also organic social media content creation. The services include done-for-you monthly management, one-on-one training, and done-in-a-day ad setups. When Jess isn't running her business, you'll find her spending time socializing with her friends, hanging out with any dog she can get her hands on, and running her loungewear brand without reason, the label with her husband. Jess is full of knowledge and has so much experience when it comes to what works across social media and digital marketing. And I really enjoy chatting with her because we have very much the same beliefs across marketing and what is required to actually generate and see a successful result when it comes to your online presence. Jess and I also have what I find very similar stories in how we kind of got into business. So we speak a lot about advertising and you know, what it takes to, as I said, run really successful ads. Plus I hear a bit more about Jess's business and how she has managed to make it so far. Six years into business is a huge milestone. So Jess shares all her tips and insights to what it takes to be a successful business owner and also manage a team. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Well, thanks so much, Jess, for joining me on the podcast today. I'm so excited to have you on here and just chat everything marketing and business. But I guess before we get started, I would love for you to share a bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, what your business is all about. Totally. So yeah, my name is Jess. I have been in the marketing world for a while, but I feel like I'm still a baby at the same time. <laughs> it's always changing. Um, but I graduated uni back in like, I think 2017. And it's funny, like I always wanted to get into journalism, but I missed the ATAR points by just a couple and then ended up going into digital and social media because it was a whole new shiny thing. And I was like, what is this? I can't believe you can study it. Like <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And then fast forward to the second year of uni, the uni lecturers were like talking about doing a double degree and all of this kind of stuff or a double major, sorry. And they mentioned like I could do marketing and pair it with that. And I was like, oh, this sounds like it would mix really well. And so I kind of got into it that way. But of course, as you hear everybody say, you know, uni, you learn theoretical stuff, but in terms of actual hands-on experience, it was really what I gained at an agency I worked in for about 10 months or so. I learned so much there. It was amazing, an amazing opportunity. And I just learned really around, it was more B2B rather than anything like business to consumer related. So I did have to do a lot of learning myself outside of that in terms of that side of my business that I now run, but it was a a great stepping stone at the beginning. And I worked there for, yeah, just under a year. I learned so much in that time period. And my manager there was so incredibly encouraging for me when I was up against the boss's son for the full-time role and I didn't get it, obviously, (laughs) which was totally fine. And it really pushed me because honestly, if I'd stayed there, I I don't know know, you know, the, the, the path that would have kind of gone from there. So it was really cool in a sense, because I look back at that conversation I had with my manager at the time. And I continuously tell him like how much he really spoke encouragement and support over like my journey. And I really wouldn't have probably considered doing something like this without him sharing that with me. So that was amazing. And I was working at a grocery store like a year earlier while I was studying and he said, pitch to them, pitch to them as your first client. And so I put together a proposal and I pitched to them as my first social media client and they were really keen. And I worked with them for about six or so months until they were super local. So they didn't really need too much of a social media (laughs) strategy, but yeah, it was really cool to just have that whole experience of like, 
talking to a client, being confident in my skills and like sharing that with people and strategizing. And so that's kind of where it kicked off. And now I'm almost about to celebrate six years doing this, which is amazing. I went full-time probably a year later. It was the classic like, oh, okay, mom, how do I buy an ABN? And how do I buy like all this stuff? <laughs> Thankfully, both my parents are accountants and it's been such a godsend, honestly, oh, wow. um, having them in my corner totally because the finance side is a whole other world, which I'm sure a lot of business owners can relate to. So that was super helpful. And yeah, from there, it's just kind of grown. And only recently I've kind of been more hiring probably in the last two years growing my team. So that's where we are now. We specialize in like Google and Facebook and Instagram ads, and then also more recently now that the team's expanded, able to to offer other services like UGC packages and organic social media content. So yeah, I feel like I've kind of gone like a couple steps forward, then a few steps back. And it's just been like that over the last six years. And I finally feel like I found my groove now, which is exciting. That's amazing. And six years, like I know being, you're probably around the same age as I am, I'm assuming, because mm-hmm. I finished uni the same time. So to be in business, like for that long, you know, how did you like get from, I suppose, just doing it on the side or, you know, working full-time and then going full-time into your business. Like, how Mm. did you know, I guess there's no right or wrong time, but being so young and like new into the industry, like a year is pretty quick to be like jumping full-time into the business. Yeah, totally. It's funny. (laughs) I love this question because it's a funny story of how that happened. I think Sometimes you just have a moment that just catapults you into, if that hadn't have happened, I don't think I'd be here. And Mm -hmm. that happened after I moved away from that agency. I got another, I was kind of looking around. I said, oh, I've got a little bit of contract work that's happening, like freelance stuff, just under my own ABN, all of that. But it wasn't enough to obviously just quit everything and and go cold turkey on it. So I thought, okay, I'll just put my feelers out there for other agency roles and stuff. So I was doing that and I got a job at this like website advertising agency. They did kind of everything. And they were like a a couple, like they were a husband and wife team and they had a small team and stuff. But if you've checked out my TikTok account, I did a story time on this and it went kind of viral because it was just a whack story. And the, the small version of it is that essentially I was there for three days and I resigned on my third day because I just learned how much I knew at only, I think I was probably 21, 22 at the time. And I, mm. it just made me realize my, the confidence that I should have in my skill set. And I think that really catapulted me into going, okay, I'm ready to, to do this now. Um, what was happening there was like, and I'm sure we'll talk about this more, but like they did Facebook ads and they were just boosting all of the posts for their clients. Mm-hmm. And they had an agency, they weren't even using business manager. They were just like, so they had um, people they were contracting to in the Philippines, but the Philippine people were having to actually go into the cut, like the client's account with their own login oh, and password. Wow. And then the, the client was having to change their own personal profile for Facebook every week because of like all of this stuff. So it was just so messy and super unprofessional. And it was all this stuff that I was like, what the heck? Like, how do you not know this? This is just stuff I've learned literally from 10 months being at this other agency. And so I really understood the best practices and what to do, what not to do, how to, how to run it. And at the end of it, I was like, I'm not going to grow here. So I resigned. And that was like all my lady balls ever going into that (laughs) meeting. I was like, oh my goodness, how the heck am I little 21 year old Jess going to like resign from this job? Because I feel like I know more than them. And it was wild. And there was a lot of other whack stuff that happened, which Mm -hmm. yeah, the story time will get into a lot more, but yeah, like they made me change my name and things, which was weird (laughs) while I was there. So it was just an interesting experience. And if I hadn't have had that experience, honestly, I don't think I would have just been like, you know what? I actually know my stuff. Let's, let's just send it. Let's give it a red hot go and see what happens. So I'm really grateful for that experience, even though it was a weird one, but it really helped me to just feel confident in that. And so at that point I was like, that's it. I'm just going to give this a go. I'd applied to a lot of other jobs. I hadn't maybe gotten them or yeah, this one, obviously three days there. And so from that point I was like, that's it. I'm going to go kind of just give this a a red hot go I went into it and just kind of posted something on my personal Facebook profile and I was like hi friends and family (laughs) some of you know I did the whole classic and I got about three or four of my family and friends from there that were like interested in just some social media content or little Facebook ads or Google ads and things 
So I just worked with them and it was like the classic hourly rate, really like no, no packages. There was nothing. It was like just do and charge. And that was it. And I just kind of started off with that. And my parents were so supportive of that, you know, just leeching off them at home. (laughs) The classic, which was good. I feel as though I definitely couldn't have done that if I moved out of home earlier or something. So I feel very grateful and blessed that I had that opportunity. And then, yeah, from there, it just kind of took off. It was the classic like word of mouth referrals. I gained an amazing community on Instagram. Jara from now impact uh, agency but back in the day it was like socials by Jara like she was one of my first friends that I met in the online space and then just meeting people like yourself like over the years has been so incredibly great because you know if you're at capacity you know we'll just refer work to one yeah. another and it's been such an amazing community where it's not competition like it is but it isn't <laughs> yeah and it's so special so that's kind of how it all I guess went from there it's crazy because I feel we have such similar like I mean you're six years in, I'm two years in, but like mm. in terms of the agency experience and having like that aha moment where you're working, you know, for a company that really has no clue. And you're like, well, mm. if they're making all this money yeah. doing this, like, mm. what can I do on my own? You know? Mm. And it's just crazy because I feel, and you're probably the same. There's this like, I guess, stigma when it comes to, you know, especially Facebook and uh, like ads and social media agencies that are just there to take your money and do a shit job Mm -hmm. and this and that. And like, we've both experienced that side of things, but then it's now hard to try and like, I guess, break through and get through to brands to be like, no, but hold on. Like we actually do know what we're doing and we're not here just to like boost your Facebook Mm -hmm. post and tell tell you that we're running ads. Mm -hmm. And it's so crazy that yeah, it's just like that old school way of, I guess, the agency style. And even like 100%. what you mean with like competition. And I feel like in the agency industry, especially here in Melbourne, a huge competition, like it's insane. But like for us as being smaller, you know, business owners and ourselves, I haven't felt any competition either. Like you're saying, mm. you know, like I've worked with you to help myself like learn new skills. And mm. because I feel it's a bit tricky and I'd like, you know, like get to your, I guess, story and background on this too. But when you do work for yourself, it's hard to know. You don't have people to like bounce ideas off like you do, you know, yeah, and you're in totally. an agency or something. So I find that it's great to have like just other people that are in the same position as mm. us to be able to talk to and, you know, and happy to share that yeah, like it's yeah. no it's not a gatekeeping in the sense of like you know we're going to share every single part of the strategy but it's just like this is what's worked for me like you know skip skip yeah. the step of testing all of it out if I kind of know that this has not worked for me in the past or whatever and yeah it's just so helpful in that sense and you're so right you don't get that in a huge agency no. and so for you like over the years especially starting, you know, quite early on in your career, like your own business, how did you find you're able to, I guess, learn and grow your skill set to be where you are now and like the incredible results you guys get for your clients? Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's just a constant, like just feeling like you don't know everything. Like you just Mm -hmm. have to constantly go into it going, I'm always going to learn more. And particularly in the online space, like it is always changing. And so you have to be inherently interested in being, you know, always aware of not just changes, but just being interested in having your finger on the pulse. And so I think for me, like that's, that just comes into multiple things. I'll, I'll invest in people that are doing things or have been doing things for longer than me, um, mm-hmm. podcasts, you know, listening to thought leaders in this space, subscribing to newsletters that where these people are like talking to, you know, the big dogs at Meta. Um, and oftentimes yeah. like, you know, you spend a certain amount and you do get to, to talk to those people there. But at the same time, having multiple perspectives, I think is really important because, you know, there are so many, even now as an example, there are strategies now where it's like, you've got people yelling, have a marketing funnel. Then you've got people going, just screw that one campaign, no retargeting, yeah. just broad and like I remember going through that and hearing both sides and I was like oh my goodness like what do I do (laughs) and it always comes down to the classic like just test it for different clients and, and work that out but you do need to have some sort of stance on it and I think if you're not listening to multiple perspectives and actually going out there and finding what different people are doing and actually asking the right questions you're never going to get the right answers and then find out like okay, well, how do I then implement that into my different client base? Because Mm. a client that has a service that, you know, people only invest in once (laughs) and then they're done, like the lifetime value of a customer is different to someone who's buying t-shirts every six months or something. So it's, it's completely different and there can't be a one size fits all approach to it. So I think you have to inherently, when you come into the marketing space, like 
ensure that you're in those circles, in those Facebook groups where those discussions and conversations are happening. So you hear those different perspectives, you can test different things and then determine yourself what you believe in in certain things. Yeah, 100%. And I think like looking back even six years ago, obviously half the platforms that exist now were not (laughs) around. So it is like a constant trial and test and Mm. just kind of figure it out as you go in a way. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And I think that's the beauty of it as well. Like you've just got to, got to give it a go and see what works and stuff, but doing the research is also super important. But yeah, as I said before, you can't take one person's opinion and be like, okay, that's what I believe now (laughs) Yeah, of whether or not this is important to, you know, invest in for myself or for my clients. Yeah, for sure. And I guess just on that note, like with I feel, again, there's a lot of opinions out there saying, you know, Facebook ads and Instagram ads and that don't work anymore or it's Mm. not the same. Like, I mean, obviously you're running it for your clients and things like, I guess, what's your opinion? What do you say to people that do say that it's dead? Totally not dead. I think like, yes, the big dogs are having in terms of big dogs, I'm talking like your huge marketing um, budget people. Like, yes, there's going to, there's a lot of noise out there. Um, but realistically, organic is is where it's dying. Mm-hmm. And that's because the platforms are doing that on purpose. They want to monetize it through advertising, obviously. And so, you know, I've got Facebook pages for my clients. I have Facebook pages for myself. And you put out a post there without any kind of spend behind it. And it might reach, you know, a couple, not even 10% of your, your yeah. followers. And so they really do push you to go to ads. And if that's something that you can put a strategy behind and you have a little bit of budget there to like funnel people in for whatever purpose, if you're generating leads or if you're generating sales, I totally think it's worthwhile. But there's obviously a checklist of things that you want to make sure you have beforehand, which I'm sure we'll chat about. But yeah, I, I don't think it's dead at all. I think if if you're willing to have good ad creative and you're willing to you know dedicate a little bit of time to actually getting in front of the right people and knowing that they're not just going to grab their credit card out on the first time they see your ad and you're yeah. willing to be patient with that, then 100% Facebook and Instagram ads are a great way to get your business out in front of people who may not have been you know searching it previously. And what about Google ads? Like this isn't an area of expertise for me, but I know Mm. it is for you. I suppose similar to with the rise of like content on TikTok and and people are often moving there compared to Google, for example, to search something. Mm. Do you, are you seeing a decline with Google ads or are you still having clients like kill it with Google ads? What's the Mm. situation like with that? Yeah, totally. Great question. I think with Google ads, like I always come into the conversation with clients saying, how are people finding out about your brand? Like, are Mm -hmm. you, are people like looking and actively searching for it? Because if they are, and they kind of know, even if they're competitive brands, but they know that they have a problem and they know that they want to find a solution for it then Google ads are going to be great because people are going to be still going there to find that stuff out. And you'll find that the quality of your traffic and the quality of the potential leads are going to be a lot higher than what they might be on Facebook. But in saying that, complementing that with your Facebook and Instagram ads is a great way because Facebook is less competitive in the sense that you kind of, you just have one ad on screen at a time, right? Like you're Mm -hmm. scrolling through the feed and as you're seeing that come up, you've got time to actually digest it if you stop the scroll and manage to do that. But on Google, you're seeing multiple things at once, particularly on the shopping and display networks where there are heaps of ads um, competing for the same attention. Search ads a little less, but in the same, like in a different kind of way, they're competitive in the sense that you've only got six spots on that first page of Google to then mm. try and buy for that space. So it can be more expensive in that sense, but you are only paying for a cost per click rather than a cost per impression that you do on Facebook. So there's totally pros and cons to both. And I always have that conversation with people like we've got businesses in the e-commerce space that are killing it with Google ads. And that's because they've got amazing product photos that, you know, are getting people people's attention on the shopping ads, or they've got really competitive prices. Cause the end of the day with like e-commerce brands, it really comes down to price. Like the, at the end of the day, most of the time, most, mm-hmm. most people will pick you over a competitor, unless they're a loyal customer of yours, they will just go from, from pricing reviews. And so there's so many factors that come into your Google ads as well, that would help in terms of the conversion rate you're seeing there. But with Facebook ads, like that's really your brand awareness side. That's for people who 
don't maybe know that they have a problem or they're not actually actively searching for a solution for it. And so as a result, you can get out in front of those people with the right ad creative and copy that makes them think, oh, actually, this is something that I want. And so that can be really helpful to complement both sides of that. And we have found that clients that invest in both, we find that their traffic on their website with Google searches, just brand awareness, all of that stuff also increases because people are obviously seeing their ads, never hearing about them themselves. I mean, my, my husband and I have a loungewear brand and we've been doing Facebook ads um, for the last maybe three months. And we don't run Google ads at the moment. Yeah. Definitely not in our budget just now, but, <laughs> but hopefully in the future. And we're still very much in infant stage. So we were like, we need to just get our, our brand out there. We've got, you know, the reviews, we've got the conversion rate, like we've validated the product, but now it's just a brand awareness thing. So to complement the market stalls that we do like monthly, we've also got Facebook ads and we have found that a direct result of doing the Facebook ads has seen a huge amount of organic search results as well for our business. Like when I look at our analytics, we're not only just getting people coming from Facebook ads and our Instagram organically and things, but we're also getting people just searching for without raising the label. And I'm like, oh, this is sick. Like people are actually starting to like learn about us, which is awesome. So we find that across the board with all of our clients. Like you start doing that Facebook, Instagram ads for the brand awareness and you start to naturally get people Googling you organically, but then also your Google ads help for the people who are a little bit further down the funnel and maybe either looking for competitors, but they know that they have the problem and they're looking for a solution. Yeah. I love that, that you mentioned with like them complimenting each other, because I Mm -hmm. think a lot of the times brands are just like, I just want to do one you know, aspect of marketing. And then they're like, mm-hmm. why is it not working? Why aren't I getting sales when I'm just running a conversions campaign or whatever it might be? But I think people often forget that brand awareness is huge. And mm. it's it's obviously something that can be tricky to like, you can't really put a, you know, a direct result on it as such, like you're not getting, you know, purchases from it but I don't know about you but are are you finding like a lot of people kind of yeah don't understand the importance of brand awareness and like Mm -hmm. uh, is it something that you're you know having to educate your clients on to really like get them to like no this is how it's going to work in the future we've just Mm -hmm. got to let it kind of you know Mm -hmm. let it go Totally. And I think it's a conversation we're constantly having with not only clients, but on consult calls and even before they they get to that stage, just so that the expectation is really clear that where about, you know, what do you do when you put a, a put a billboard on the side of a road? You're doing it to just get your name out there and all of mm-hmm. that. And so there are so many businesses, so many brands. I mean, look at threads and how many marketers are on there already. And yeah. they're just kind of waiting. They're like, who's going to make the first move to be salesy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, there's just marketers are everywhere. You've got brands everywhere. And even like if they're not selling anything, then they might be selling themselves in the sense of being a personal brand and, you know, influencing and things like that. So there is so many people out there that you just have to realize that like, there's a lot of competition that people probably don't know about your brand. You've got an amazing customer, like loyal base potentially, and you've got to leverage that so that you can find more people and beef that up because that's, you know, really the people that you're wanting to continually sell to. And that's hard for some businesses that we work with. You know, some, we've got one particular business who's a digital product and people will only buy her digital product once because it's, yeah. well, hopefully it's a, it's a wedding planning website. So hopefully <laughs> they will only buy it once. Right. And so like that, that is one thing where their lifetime value of that customer is max $199 with, with that mm-hmm. client. And so for her, it's really about acquiring new people. Thankfully for her, her target audience is always changing in the sense of people coming in and out of that. So it's it's really about knowing who your customer, like your target audience is and really working out like the lifetime value of that and essentially going from there and just, you know, working out like if if I'm going to invest, you know, $10,000 in this, in, in marketing overall, like holistically, and I need to, you know, get that back. I need to look over that period of time. Like how long does it actually realistically take someone from finding out about my business to then converting? And that length of time can be like, if it's an impulse buy thing, like, oh man, I need a new phone now because mine's broken. Like the customer journey there is probably going to be a lot less because somebody's just broken their phone and now they need that fixed. So mm-hmm. that's going to be a, a much more impulse buy in a sense. Yes, they might do some research, but it's going to be a quicker turnaround time because it's something that they need rather than a want. And that's always something I say to my clients is your product or service a need or a want? Because if it's a want, then there are so many other things buying for their attention right now. Yeah. And they're probably going to have to come across multiple times. Like we had an order come through for one of our hoodies the other night. 11 times that chick came to our website before she purchased. So you can't just think that like people are going to see your ad for the first time and be like, heck yes, this is exactly what I'm looking for. And so, yeah, realistically, like holistic 
approach to your marketing is so important because you need to have multiple touch points with people, your email marketing, your abandoned carts. And I know that's everything that you're about. So Mm -hmm. I think it's so important to educate clients on that because it's no different from being a consumer. When you run a business, you're still a consumer in some in some way. It might not be of your own products, but it might be of other products similar or whatever. Like you're a consumer anyway. And so you know how your mind works and it's no different to your own customers. And so you really have to kind of sit back and go, how do I, how do I make this, I guess, attractive to my customer, but also follow them around in a not creepy way <laughs> and make them know that like, this is why my product is the standout product on my service. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're literally preaching everything. (laughs) You're preaching to the choir here. It's nice to hear that like, yeah, you know, you also have the same ideas and know that it works because Mm. from your perspective, like being, you know, having your services across social media and Google ads and things, you've got that aspect of understanding how, you know, marketing works with different clients. Plus you have your own e-commerce business as well. So you're seeing how that, Mm. you know, transpires from that perspective too. So take note people (laughs) when it comes to I guess like your Facebook ads and just as like a little PSA when we're talking about Facebook ads on this episode we also mean Instagram as well Mm. it's like the whole combined I don't know about you but I just don't like saying meta it still feels weird I know it does (laughs) yuck swear yeah yeah (laughs) what are your I guess top two must do's and then your top two must nots when it comes to running ads Mm. I think must-dos definitely have a proven product, like validate your product before you jump into ads, because I've worked with startups before, which was against my criteria, but they were very convincing and it was great, but it was even more of a convincing discussion all the time in telling them brand awareness, brand awareness, brand awareness. And so Yes, it's important to, you know, use Facebook ads to get that brand awareness out there. But if you don't have reviews already or you don't have UGC, so user-generated content there of people using your product or vlogging their experience with your service or something like that that isn't just you talking about it and trying to sell the product to someone because, of course, you think it's the best thing since sliced bread, but you need (laughs) someone else to say that. So having genuine customer reviews and and product testimonials or whatever is so important before you go into it. So I think that's definitely one thing, have a proven product that you can show to people that, you know, you've got the receipts, you actually know what you're talking about. And then second of all, have a compelling ad creative. Like these days, if you don't, if you can't stop the scroll, you've lost people straight away. And particularly with Facebook and Instagram ads, as I said before, you're paying for impressions. So you're paying regardless if someone's clicking on that ad or not. So you need to try and make the most bang for your buck in terms of getting your cost per acquisition down as much as possible. And that comes down from having really good ad creative and copy that is actually attractive to people, entices them to go through, click on your website. And then obviously off the back of that, having a high converting website is also important. Yeah. But even you know lead form ads where you don't even have to have a website, you know, making sure people are actually enticed to click on that, open up the form, submit that, and then you're following up with that process as well. So definitely that stopping of the scroll, investing in your creatives, and they don't have to be like amazing and polished. Like, I think that's definitely a strategy that worked for a while, but nowadays people want to see the raw and the real. That's why UGC is performing so well, because people actually know when they're getting sold to Mm -hmm. and they don't want to see ads that look like ads because that will be just a scroll past. So that's definitely two things that we're doing at the moment and definitely something that we're, you know, educating our clients on as well. And then in terms of like must nots, I definitely think like thinking that you can just guarantee results. That's certainly like a no, no, um, from an agency Mm -hmm. perspective, I just cringe when I see other ads come through saying, I think you actually shared this (laughs) a couple of weeks ago too. You know, it just makes me cringe because it's just exactly what you were saying before. It's giving us out here that are actually trying to be authentic business owners and agency owners a really bad rap because it's like when we answer that question of, well, there is no black and white guaranteed return that we can give you because sorry, I'm actually not this wizard that sits next to every one of your customers and gets out their like credit card and flips over to their CVC and everything. Like I can't guarantee that. And so at the end of the day, what I can guarantee you is that I will put your ads out in front of the right people at the right time with the right message. And I will ensure that I'm taking them through some sort of 
um, journey online so that they are constantly seeing you. And that is what I can guarantee. And the rest really, we can't control. And Mm. so we've got to make sure that we're getting in front of the right people so that we're maximizing the opportunity for conversions. And that's really what I constantly say to my clients. Um, And I think people value the fact that I'm super transparent on the consults as well. Like if I don't think someone is ready for ads, I will tell them that up front. And I can see that happening more and more these days, um, particularly with small business owners. They just have that no no BS approach of, I'm just going to say it how it is. You need to work on this section first. And this isn't me bashing you. This is me saying, I actually really want to see you succeed because your success is a result of my success and vice versa. And I want to make sure that you're set up to invest money in the best way possible and that we can maximize that. So yeah, that's certainly something I could go on a tangent about this for ages. (laughs) A second thing I would probably say is, is a must not is is really just focusing on purely just with Facebook and Instagram ads, like focusing on um, metrics like return on ad spend. I think your return on ad spend is a really nice shiny thing and something that we're trying to do as a team now when we're sharing results, particularly on our social media, is actually be super transparent about, yeah, there's some clients that are like are in e-commerce and it's super black and white. Like we've spent $10 on ads, we've made back $20 on ads. Amazing as an example, but like when you've got people like your lead gen clients and stuff, or you're there trying to not only maybe build your email list, but you're trying to get like services booked and things like that. The lifetime value of that kind of customer could range. Like we've, we've done clients where they're like a boat dealership. And so one lead, if that converts, that could be like over a hundred and whatever thousand dollars, like it could be an amazing return. But the thing is that's not calculated on ads manager. So we have to look beyond just ads manager and actually look at holistically how the business is performing. And I think if agencies are out there not asking you those kind of questions, that is one of the biggest disservices they could do for your business. Because realistically, if they're not in it nitty gritty with you and asking like, how are your sales looking? How is it feeling mm-hmm. for you? Like, do you feel like when we turned the ads on, there was an improvement in the amount of calls that you're getting or the amount of touch points you're having, DMs, whatever that is, like all of those metrics are so important because at the end of the day, like the sales are the sales and the client is going to see that. So there is no point being an agency owner trying to put all of your attribution into Facebook and be like, oh, but look how many things, attributions whack as is. Like I say this upfront to all my clients, like there are going to be people who, so for example, we were talking about before, like Facebook and Google ads and having both of them running. And I am a hundred percent a supporter of a holistic marketing strategy. But when you put a holistic marketing strategy together, attribution gets even more whack because people have multiple touch points with your business and the attribution windows for your, you know, Google Analytics. So your organic search that might be happening just with Google that pulls through to Google Analytics. And then you've got your Google ads attribution that pulls through. And then you've got your Facebook ads and all these different touch points. Attribution with all these different platforms are completely different. And so you could then, you know, you could have somebody Google uh, come across a Facebook ad, they click on that Facebook ad. And then within a couple of, say in four days, they go to Google and they type for you and they look at your ad, they click on your ad and then they purchase, but they end up purchasing, I don't know, through an email that they got (laughs) sent or whatever as an abandoned cart. Every single one of those platforms is going to attribute the sale. And so you'll automatically see potentially an increase, like one sale could look like three. And so we are very aware of the fact that just reporting on a return on ad spend is kind of doing a disservice to our clients. And so that's why on our strategy calls that we have every single month, we deep dive with them in terms of what are their sales looking like? How are you feeling um, in terms of how your business is going? And, And really ask them, like, if we're generating leads, what are the quality of the leads? Like if yeah. we're getting you a hundred leads, but they're all crap, like that, we're not helping you. No, it's like, <laughs> we, we need to know that. Yeah. We just look like we've got really good numbers. And so we're not about yeah. that. And, and that's really, I see a lot of people focusing so much on just return on ad spend when customer acquisition, like your cost per acquisition is important. If, you know, if your average order value is a hundred dollars, but it's costing you $120 to acquire a customer, like What's the point in that? So there's so many different aspects to it. Your lifetime value of a customer, if it's costing you that much, but then those customers come back and spend a thousand dollars with you, then maybe that's a little bit more achievable, but just working out, you know, all of those kind of things are super important on top of your return on ad spend. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think people have this conception where it's like okay I'm gonna run ads and it is going to make me hundreds of thousands of dollars and Mm. all I have to do is run ads and it's gonna happen overnight and like you said there's so many different elements and aspects and things that you look like have to report on and it all is like 
it's like every little thing is like a piece of the puzzle and you have to put mm. it together to create this full picture. Totally. I was actually looking at some client content before and analyzing like just the result. And I actually created a video on this I was going to post, but it was about how, you know, we're looking at the likes and, and comments and engagement on a post, but how about we look at like some of the content that actually contributed to people clicking, you know, the link mm. in the bio or even saving it and things like that. Like people just have such tunnel vision when it comes to yeah specific results and mm. thinking it's going to be an overnight thing but yeah these things take time and totally. it does you know different elements and I've seen it with a lot of my clients where we're running ads posting and we've got email in place it just it just works much better you know with the consistent messaging across each channel and and just being able to reach each person in a different touch point and the way that some people like to consume content versus mm. others there's just so much more to it than I think, you know, and and maybe for, for you and I, we come from, you know, having a marketing degree and working in agencies and, and having a lot more, I guess, experience compared to then some new kids on the block that it's great, but also they're just looking at those, yeah, vanity metrics mm. or, you know, the purchases and things like that, where it's not actually, you know, going to help a business in the long run. Yeah, hundred percent. And yeah, I just think like even with new platforms, and I guess like with Threads, I'd love to get your, <laughs> I guess, opinion on what you think. You know how this is going to play a part in um, people's marketing strategy overall, and if mm. if you're for it or against it. Yeah, I've loved it so far, but I must admit it's been like a couple of days and I've actually this morning, I totally forgot to check it. And I was like, oh, there you go. I feel as though yeah. <laughs> the first day or two, it was like, boom, boom, boom. But particularly for me, it was like shiny new object. Amazing. But because I think I didn't use Twitter and I know that it's obviously very similar to that. I, I don't naturally feel inclined to, to open it straight away. But mm. in saying that I've loved the conversations it's fostered so far. And I think it's a really cool way to strip back businesses and just share an authentic raw unedited like there's no drafts there's no well yet anyway there's no drafts you can't like second guess it and I look at my TikTok page or even my Instagram reels and I look at how many drafts I have there and I'm like oh my gosh my little imposter syndrome me is like no no you sounded funny in this or your hair was too oily or whatever just stupid stuff right and you just like no one cares everyone's so much more worried about themselves that we're all just kind of in our own little bubble that you know, it, the little things shouldn't be stopping you from just sharing the value you have to add. Mm. Obviously, if there is value to add, there's definitely pointless stuff you find on social media too. But mm. I do think that Threads offers a way for us to actually have more founder-led content. I think that's where I'm really excited to use it. I connected it to my um, business account, but I've actually changed it so that like my Instagram account, a lot of my team actually go on there and share things as well. But I think yeah. Threads, I've kind of positioned it more of like, this could be a fun way to yes, show behind the scenes of the team, but actually have it very much more led from my voice and point of view purely mm-hmm. and really share to, to kind of create it as like, not only thought leadership, but just share a little bit more about like the ins and outs of running a business and what that looks like. And I think um, already the people that I've been following on threads, it's been very much like businesses, but then the the founder of the business has been the one that's actually managing the account and sharing their thoughts. And I found that like really insightful and encouraging because it really humanizes the brand more and more. Plus from a marketing perspective, you've probably had these conversations with clients too, and I'm sure people listening have as well, but I have conversations with clients constantly of like, we need to get your face on camera. We need to do this kind of content. And they're like, no, <laughs> I don't want to do that. Or yeah. it's like, yeah, I, I understand. I understand. But, you know, I just, I can't find time or I don't want to, or they're too nervous. And this is the perfect opportunity where I'm like, here's threads on a silver platter. <laughs> like, yeah, let's yeah. use this as a way for you to share all that amazing knowledge of like how you started your business, the journey to here, then you can share it. Yes doing it on a video would be probably slightly more impactful, but still this is a great way to harness that authenticity and kind of that value founder-led approach, I think, to the content marketing strategy and just providing that inside look behind the scenes of what it means to run a company and just allow people to realize they're buying from people rather than just this big, like crazy brand. So yeah, I think those, those people that can find that balance between like that 
educational and that entertaining content and like merge that together into that edutaining thing that we're seeing really come up a lot more. That will be kind of where I, I see it going and I hope it continues that way. I know Twitter probably started that a similar way and it kind of went a different way and that's why I kind of got off it. I was just finding it was just a lot of noise and mm. I'm interested to see where it goes. I wonder how long it will take until it's an, a platform I have to learn how to advertise on for clients. Yeah, <laughs> so literally. that'll be interesting. <laughs> but I think the, the vibe I'm getting on there now is people just love the fact that it's you know the nightclub version of LinkedIn I think is what I said it was like I like that <laughs> it's that's just good. you know the loose tie the bras off yeah. or yeah. like, you're just having a good old time so I think I'd like it to stay that way but because I feel like I'm, I'm coming out of that box that I'm putting myself into where the content has to be perfect and I'm just mm. kind of not really thinking about a strategy and it's like this is just what's on my mind about like what I'm struggling with in business and what I have questions for for people who are also like it's just a state of I want to learn I want to learn from other people so I like that and yeah just having those conversations and and mm. almost you know you're probably sharing something and I'm like I've probably thought that the last couple of days or you know over time and it's like oh I'm not alone in this like Mm -hmm. you know can and I'm finding too uh, just in the way that it works I'm seeing like content from just random people but I'm kind of like it's a different way to connect and and yeah just find different people that you may not have come across on Instagram or yeah you know so yeah it'll be cool to see kind of Mm. where that leads to I'm interested to see where the algorithm goes with it because at the moment it does feel very random and I feel like I'm trying to engage with the accounts I like so that it kind of teaches it what I'm interested in. But uh, I don't know if that's just linked to the kind of also the content you're, I guess, engaging with on Instagram since that's so linked. Mm. So maybe that's where it's from. But yeah, I'm so interested to see where they go from that, whether they separate it into like kind of like what TikTok has with a following and a, you know, explore kind of place. So yeah. No, it'll be interesting to see. So let's circle back to your business. And I know you've recently hired, you know, a team and you've started to grow. Tell me a bit more about like the decision behind that and how you knew, I suppose you were ready for it mm. because for so long it was just you, right? Um, mm. Growing the business. I, I reckon probably in year three of my business is when I hired my first subcontractor yeah. and that was scary, but it was a really cool step for me to work with somebody else and like learn how to delegate something. I, I was always told at school was like, Oh, you're such a good leader. But then I kind of thought that that meant that I would just be a good boss as well. And I think learning how to actually manage people is a whole skill set in itself. And that's something that my parents never really had a, a team underneath them owning their own accounting firm. So that was something that I was really having to learn kind of by myself. And that was really tricky because I'm such a people pleaser and learning how to be, one of my friends told me like, be firm, but kind and Mm. learning how to do that balance was really tricky. I found that I was really struggling with, with understanding how to not only be, you know, their boss, because I hated that word, but like (laughs) also how to be like their friend, but also not work out that too much. Yeah. So I think that was something that was a balance that I had to really work out how to, how to go to from there. But something that I realized, I guess, as I was learning, like when I would be ready to actually invest in a proper team and stuff was when I realized this whole thing of like, I actually can't do everything a hundred percent well. And actually just admitting that and going, if I'm actually not feeling like I can produce great work for my clients consistently because I'm feeling like I'm drowning (laughs) with just even the admin tasks, which are a whole role in itself, which everyone would know who's a business owner. If I can't do that, then the business is not growing. And I found we were at a standstill where I wasn't able to accept more work and I was turning people away because I knew that while, yes, I would just, you know, break myself to try and get the work done it wasn't going to be done to the standard I wanted it to be done and so that was a really kind of interesting I guess season I was going through where I didn't want to let go of the control Mm -hmm. but I also knew that in order to grow I had to do that so I as I said I kind of did some different subcontracting roles with people and things but I just found towards the end of last year that I needed somebody that was going to be with me full-time and that was really scary the girl that started working for me full-time she is amazing and I I think the world of her she's she's awesome Um, but even that was a really terrifying thing for me she was leaving a full-time agency role to come work with little old Jess at her her agency and I 
I was terrified. I was like, oh my goodness, I am fully responsible for your nine to five and making sure that you have enough work. And so I spoke to my parents about it. I spoke to my husband about it. My sister, I was just like, is this the right decision? And they said, you know what? It's probably better that you have, you know, don't be worried about trying to fill this Monday to Friday, nine to five, because this will actually shift your butt into gear and you will try and find more work and all those leads that you're pushing away because you don't have capacity. You'll actually be able to do that. And so for the first like two to three months while I was training her up and I'm um, expanding the team with interns at the time as well. Like we had three new people come on it within two weeks, which was wow. ridiculous, but it was so much fun. And just the team culture that you have when people are working for your business solely rather than contracting a whole different vibe. And I think that was just so energetic. It was fun. We were all keeping each other accountable. The biggest struggle for me and challenge with that though, was certainly making sure I had enough work at the start. Now Mm -hmm. we're at a really good place where that's coming through. But to be honest, in hindsight, I feel like I made the right decision by hiring three people at the same time, because yes, we were probably slight, we were definitely over-resourced, but it allowed me to actually go, well, I want to talk about our products and services all the time. Like I want to be out there sharing about that. And I have not done that in so long. <laughs> my highlights on my story highlights, oh my gosh, <laughs> they had not, they were from like four years ago and little baby Jess was talking and oh my gosh, it was awful. And the girls were all just laughing at me when they saw it again. <laughs> They're like, okay, Jess, we need to do it. But things like that, it, it allowed me time to actually work on stuff that I had constantly put onto the the bottom of the to-do list because client work was coming first. So Mm -hmm. that it was definitely a a tricky one and it was scary at the start, but I, in hindsight, I'm so grateful that I did that. I do think there's like, I don't know, there's, there could be an argument for there's a right time and a wrong time, but there's also the argument for like, you're never going to fully feel ready to just hire a team and do something. So you just have to be, I guess, in the recruitment process of when you're interviewing people, something I was constantly told was like, you want to go over their like personality and how there'd be a culture fit rather than their skill set fit because that can be taught. And yeah. I always was thinking about that in the back of my mind. And that was such a good thing to be to be told prior, like going into that, because I feel so, so confident and so happy with the team that I have right now. And it's been an amazing fit with all of that. So yeah, that would probably be like it was a challenge, but it was totally worth it. That's so exciting. <laughs> well. And when you come to hiring, like, did you do the, I'm going to say old school way, but the normal way of like ads on Seek or LinkedIn, or was it like just posting on your own social like account mm. and, and finding people that way? I did a mix. I did LinkedIn, which previously I had had the most shocking time with, but this time it worked really well. And I don't know why, but it was so, so helpful in that sense, because I don't know if I would have connected with these ladies that way. Mm -hmm. I did post on social media as well. And previously that had happened with one of my previous um, subcontractors. We met through, like, she actually heard me on a podcast and then she bought my course and then she ended up like chatting with me through Instagram. And so that was a really cool way to to meet her. And it was really special. So yeah, it's been a mix, but I, I definitely think I've learned my lesson in in the sense of like how to write job descriptions as well and how to make sure you're looking for the right fit for the team so that you're also not wasting time on those interviews and wasting their time too. I think that's so important because, I mean, I've been a part of interviews where you're kind of there and you're like, oh, this isn't really what I thought it was. Or Mm -hmm. you leave and you're just waiting for them to like reply to you and tell them which way, but instead it's just you ghosted. And I really don't like that approach. So yeah, it was, it was kind of a mix of both. That's so exciting. And I suppose with what's future for Jess and the team? Oh my gosh. I just want to like double, triple our clientele. I think now I'm just like, let's grow baby. Let's do it. (laughs) I don't think I ever want to grow the team too crazy big. I really like this small vibe. Like at the moment, there's four of us and it's a really good amount. Plus I don't have the workload to increase. So there's no point. Mm -hmm. I think if I needed to, you know, just for a short-term thing, I would certainly like you know, um, engage with freelancers and subcontractors and things. But for now, I think that's what it will look like. We're really focusing on for a long time, like honestly, for five and a half years of my six year business. So very recently, I've only started doing organic again. At the start, I did everything. I was doing email marketing. I was doing SEO. I was doing organic paid ads, everything. And I really then kind of said to myself, I like how paid ads is so I can see that I've spent this much and I've gotten this much back. And I really love that result side of it that I was able to share with clients. 
over the years, though, I realized more and more that a holistic approach was really important. And I think even though I loved niching down into the paid ad side, when I was starting to grow my team and I was able to employ people who had those other skill sets and could help me with all of that, that was really where I was like, oh, now I can do a balance of like doing yeah. more things, offering a little bit more of an agency experience, certainly not everything, but more than just the paid ad side and actually complement that with organic. Because a lot of the time, particularly in the last like 12 to 18 months, I was finding I was getting on consults with clients and then they were just kind of, it was just ending at that point where I was like, oh, I don't think you're ready for ads. But then I couldn't really offer them anything more from that. I was just referring them to other people, which was totally fine. Um, but then I realized, wait a second, I've actually got more people that have skill sets in terms of creatives. Like the girls that work for me are incredible with the creative side of things. And I have the ideas, but I don't know how to make that pretty. <laughs> and so they were able to help me with that. Whereas with the strategy side and the paid ads, like that's where we're all able to work together as a team. But with the organic side, that was something I could now focus on again um, and offer again to clients. So that's been really good. And I really feel like that's where my focus is now. Like I want to, I was known for so long as just the Google and Facebook ads girl when a lot of the competition slash friends were people who were only doing meta ads. And so they were coming to me when meta ads was doing all of that iOS stuff and everything. They're like, ah, I need to like have Google ads too. And so a lot of my friends were coming to me and finding out about Google ads, which was great. But then they were all offering Facebook and Google ads too. And so I wasn't getting as many referrals, which was again, totally fine. But I was realizing that content was something that I needed to offer as well because all of a sudden it was a how to stop, stop the scroll but I was constantly asking my clients for ad creatives and strategizing mm. with them on that but mm. I wasn't able to offer them actually creating a lot of it like yeah the small little tweaks here and there but actually creating it was different so now um, being able to offer that as well we're finding that we're able to actually service our clients in a, in a higher way which has been awesome. Yeah. And as we were saying before, like you can kind of keep the messaging consistent and cohesive across each channel mm. because essentially you guys have control of it versus totally. like if you're doing one part, say ads, and then they're doing the content, it can sometimes just be that miss, I guess, communication in, mm. in a way. Mm. So just to wrap things up today, I would love to know, because I mean, in my eyes, you are a successful business owner. You've had your business for six oh. years <laughs> and you've started hiring a team. So I feel like that's, that's huge. So what is your, I guess, best piece of advice for any business owner out there? Mm, I think connect with, connect with people. Like honestly, networking in this industry is so helpful. And not only like, does it allow you to have that referral system there where you don't have to worry as much with because like you get to a stage in business where you know the first year you're kind of like I just want to work with anyone and everyone <laughs> and yeah. you're like oh my gosh let's let's just work with all of them but then you get to a point where you're like wow I can actually pick and choose and you actually realize who you're kind of gelling with better and that's not to say everyone else is not right it just means they're not the right fit for you and I think when I got to that stage I was able to then use that referral system and that networking system I'd created to refer those people who knew much more about the mattress industry and I could refer them to them or whatever it might be. So that was really helpful. And I think it just allows you to not only like, yeah, give clients to other people, but you receive that back. And it's just such a great way to like foster community, keep your finger on the pulse, hear those different perspectives, all of that kind of stuff. I just wish we did more networking events in person. <laughs> that would be nice. If only, if only. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Jess. It's been so nice to chat and I just feel like you're so knowledgeable in the industry and um, I love hearing you talk about everything, especially when we're on, you know, similar views on things. Mm, so thank you. I will leave all your links and things in the show notes, of course. And I'm assuming you're taking on new clients across. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Okay. That's good for people to know too. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so no fun. No worries. Thank you so much for joining me today. Don't forget, you can learn more about my free resources that will help you scale your business by going to my website, www.silk-digital.com.au. And you can always find the links and resources mentioned in today's episode over there too. I would love for you to come say hi over on Instagram at silkdigital underscore. Thanks so much. And I'll see you in the next episode.